cliffcentral.com Oi, oi. I am Siabong Abeile. I am back on the Threaded Exchange. Um, last week, the beautiful, amazing ladies of the Threaded Man um, did a Threaded Takeover. You guys enjoyed it. You guys loved it. You were tweeting. We were trending. So thank you. Thank you very much. Um, the ladies of the Threaded Man will be back again um, at the end of the month. So each and every month on the last week of the month, I'll always bring them to do a takeover with my, without me. I think it's very important for, for women to have a space to talk about fashion, about style, and to be free. Um, today's show, I'm really excited. I'm nervous, but at the same time, I am really, really excited. Um, I've got a, such a special guest. Marcel, do you want to introduce yourself or should I introduce you? Um. I mean, you've been doing such a great job at introducing me the past couple of days. I feel like I'm going to let you let you head that for right now. Okay, so Marcel Flores um, is one of the world's leading international bloggers. He has worked with brands such as Louis Vuitton, Hugo Boss. He walked the Dolce & Gabbana show in Milan about a couple of weeks ago. Um, he was he is in South Africa currently. He was shooting for Hugo Boss in Cape Town. And yeah, and, and and upon coming to Joburg, because of the power of Instagram, I follow him and he was like, hey, I need cool people to hang out in Joburg. So I hit him up and yeah, we've been friends since. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the first thing we did together to introduce him to the Joburg life, I took him to Taboo. <laughs> and it was one was hell that, of a night. How was that experience One hell of a night. How was it that was amazing. I love music and like everybody was dancing. It was good vibes. And I feel like there's there's not many ways to get to know a city better right away than going clubbing and apparently one of the hottest clubs of the city, no less. So it was great. I had a great time. Yeah. But didn't you think, I mean, let's start, like, this is the power of social media, right? Is that we we had never met before. And I inboxed you. I was like, yo, I do this thing. I'm the threader man. This is what I do. Let's hang out, whatever. And the first time we meet is at the club. Well, you're not afraid, like, I was going to kidnap you or you're going to get lost. <laughs> no, I mean, you I mean, are 15 hours away from home. You see some random guy on Instagram and you decide to go to the club with him. What if I was some, like, weird dude? I mean, chances are that you're weird, probably. But <laughs> I like weird people. Um, I'm yeah. not so worried. I'm, I'm a fairly, uh, fairly trusting person. I don't know. There's something about my personality. I don't ever assume the worst. I usually assume the best. Yeah. And we were going to a club. I mean, come on. What are you going to do? Kill me yeah. in front of a bunch of people? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, um, so on Friday, we went to Taboo. It was Black Coffee's birthday. I was also celebrating five years of The Threaded Man. And the the music that um, on Friday night was predominantly house music, South African house music. And this New Yorker was just on the chairs, <laughs> dancing. You have some rhythm. I mean, and that's you right. used to be a dancer. I, I, I used to be. I, I feel like in here, in my heart, I still am, but I don't practice as much as I should. So I I don't yeah. know if you can see it on the outside as much as I see it on the inside still or feel it on the inside. Yeah. No, but it was amazing, especially like life African house drumming was absolutely amazing just to see that that passion and that that musicality and living the music was was amazing and yeah. how everybody really felt the vibes. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, so far, how would you describe South Africa to a person in one word right now? So far based on your experience. In one word, I'm yeah. terrible at nailing like drilling okay, it down. Give um, me five words. Give uh, me let's try Not that that's any five. better. Um okay. Um, I'm gonna start off with something that you probably won't like. It's very Australian to me. It's Australia. It reminds me so much of Australia, like the yeah. vibes, because people are so relaxed and super nice. Um, ah, putting me on the spot. I don't know. Warm, warm. Did not they, only did they tell you before you came to Africa that we have like lions in our backyard? They tell you that we go to school on horses, or did you actually? Oh no! Did, like, no, no, did no. you have a pre? Right. Okay. Did you have like a preview of? Sorry. Okay. Okay. How I... did you imagine Africa before coming to Africa? Okay, I get that. Um, I feel like 
I imagined Africa, my, the image in my head was separate for what I thought Africa was and what I thought South Africa was. Because I, I feel like I was fairly aware of the fact that cities like Cape Town and Johannesburg are fairly well developed. Yeah. And you don't, it's, I don't know, it feels very European in a lot of, like, or Western, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in a lot of ways. So my, my um, expectations of Africa were a lot different than what I had of South Africa. And it was actually pretty on par. I have a couple of friends that are, that actually grew up here and then moved to New York. So a few of my yeah. friends are from South Africa. And, cool. you know, like, yeah. we're all, we're all pretty similar, I feel like. Yeah. We're all, you know, yeah. like into, into chill. I, I'm a positive guy and I feel like that's one of the major things I like about being down here. Everybody's super friendly. Everybody's super nice and, and welcoming and open hearted and, uh, yeah, yeah, that's one of one of the best. Cool. Things I think I think that's that's the the most incredible thing about the internet is that because we live such world apart, we always assume we are so different, and we always assume that you live in a completely different world right. to mine. But then, as you and I got to spend more time together this past weekend and talk about style and talk about you know photography, our interests, you realize in a lot of this we are actually quite the same, but in just different worlds, which is I think is incredible. But on the thread exchange, um, as you all know, this show is about teaching people you know this platform is about other young creatives in south africa who want to learn from other creatives and in south africa we have a lot of young black south africans who want to be in the creative space such as fashion and blogging but they feel like it's not it's, it's not accessible to them you know right. um, and a lot of them don't know where to start they don't know what to do they don't know how to grow their followers on instagram it's just it's, it's in our country it's not where it is in New York, right. you know. So I think my purpose with you on today's show is just diving into your journey. You know, how did you become this superstar of a blogger? You know, you are now on a Louis Vuitton. You're shooting a Hugo Boss campaign that's going up in stores. So I want to just go back in time and 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 go through your journey, what you've learned, how did you come up to where you are? Because you're one of the few bloggers that started in your era that is still relevant today. You know, right. um, I feel you know with. When you started, you're on lookbook.nu, but from there, you've just been able to readapt your brand with the changing times. With Snapchat, with Instagram, you've been able, with whatever platform that comes out, you find a way to always, you know, readapt your brand. And not a lot of bloggers internationally can do that. There's only a few of you that I can name. So, Marcel, where did it start for you? Okay, Where were I mean, you going? I, I, let's start yeah, there. okay, let's start there. If you hear an accent in my English, uh, you guys out there, if you hear an accent, it's because I'm German. I was born and raised in Germany. I was born in Stuttgart, and I lived there until the age of 20 before I moved to New York City. Um, I always was kind of like the odd kid out growing up, especially in Germany. Germany is a fairly conservative country, um, culturally yeah. also. So I expressed myself through fashion fairly early on. So I was a kid that was walking around in silver baggy jeans. I'm not saying I was well-dressed. I just said I'm expressing myself <laughs> through fashion. Um, at the age of 13, 14, and people were always kind of like, not made fun of me, but like they, they took note of it. Not necessarily in the most positive way. So for me, it was a uh, it was kind of an escape out of Germany to get into a place where I felt more creatively safe, where I felt like I could express myself without any any boundaries, without any limitations, or the the fear of being judged afterwards. So New York is obviously one of the one of the main destinations for that in the world, and yeah. yeah. But why fashion? You know what. You know, I, I personally, I'm, I'm bad at talking about my feelings. I'm bad at talking about emotions. And I find humans particularly very weird. I, I, I struggle <laughs> to relate to humans. And for me, fashion was that medium where I felt I could express myself fully. And also, it's my way of understanding people. Just by looking at how you dress, 
I get to know who you are as a person and what you like, I can tell that you OCD, how you place your watch and your accessories, for example, right. without even talking. So for you, what was it about fashion that drew you to it? What connected you to it? Yeah. So before it was any, any conscious decision that I made, it was really for me, I was a fairly insecure kid. Um, again, I was the odd one out even before fashion or around that. I kind of, I don't know. I felt like I never quite fit in the environment yeah. that I was in. And, um, fashion was actually, I, I, I tend to describe fashion as my emotional armor. Yeah. It's something that gave me confidence because as I started dressing better, you know, after the experimental phase and then my outfits actually started to look yeah. kind of good, people noticed and people, as you said, you know, people perceive other people through fashion. Uh, we had this conversation over, over, uh, over drinks last night. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I solemnly, I, I definitely believe that fat, uh, clothes do make the man. I, I do think yeah. so because you can't help but, but have certain feelings about a person based on how they dress. Yeah. So when people started being more positive to me because of my clothes, I felt like Con- uh, fashion is what gave me the confidence to to really embrace who I am to 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 live my you know my own life as I yeah. as me yeah uh, and that's that's that was my emotional connection to fashion but that had nothing to do with my professional decisions like my career decisions in the beginning it was more so I, I after high school I went to become a dancer a professional dancer for two years uh, what kind of dance are we talking oh, were you a male stripper <laughs> I mean obviously were you a ballerina <laughs> so we're talking what? magic Mike full on I was like no um, <laughs> there's no, a strip I, club called the summit I can take you down there oh fantastic <laughs> let's go there tonight I'm looking for <laughs> no, I started out with ballroom, and um, from there I went into MTV video clip dancing, is what it was called. So basically hip hop, but then I went yeah. into true hip hop. So, so doing the salsa, <laughs> yeah, tango, and all that waltz and like the traditional dances. Uh, yeah, that was that was the beginning of it all, and then I went more into um, you know old school how uh, old school hip hop house locking popping. It's like the traditional hip hop dances. Yeah, and then from there. I, I, I wanna, I wanna interject. I wanna stop you right there. <laughs> okay. So I want yeah, the audience to, to pay attention carefully is that, you know, they see you now as this famous finished product, but you had to start somewhere and you started as a dancer. You know, I mean, I wouldn't consider myself finished. I, I don't think anybody should ever consider themselves finished. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean, as in not necessarily finished, but I mean, you know, a lot of people look at you now, they see that you're famous and they don't know that to get to where you are today or to get where you're going to be, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And, and sometimes in this journey called life is that you have to start somewhere to end up where you want to be. So you didn't right off the bat become an international blogger. You oh, were, no. you were a dancer. No, you know? I mean, I, I, but, I yeah, sorry. Did you move to New York to dance? I didn't. Um, just one quick comment about that. I think I just always followed my heart. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, at that time, I wanted to dance. I knew that I yeah. didn't, wasn't going to dance for the rest of my life. But it did actually end up bringing me to where I am now. Because I the first time I went to New York was to take dance classes. Oh, I went wow. there for three weeks with my best friend, uh, one of my best friends from Germany, who, who you know, who's another dancer. And in three weeks, we managed to take one class. The rest of the time we spent falling in love with the city and like, I don't Parting know, go, go, no, actually fun. not that, well yeah, we went out a couple of times and we danced there, but that doesn't necessarily count <laughs> as classes, you know. Um, no, but uh, it was then when I kind of stopped to think about, okay, obviously you don't want to do dance for the rest of the, of your life and you love the city. So I went to NYU because I looked into psychology and I, I, um, I'm very interested in psychology. I'm very interested in numbers and, I just decided that after I after I had a little discussion with the with the people at at admissions, I didn't want to drop the art out of my life entirely. You know, I was yeah. a dancer. I was full time dancing, forty hours a week, 
at that point for a year. And I didn't want to lose the art entirely. So I wasn't going to focus just on psychology. So I was walking uh, as in my head. I'm pretty sure I'm changing it up. I'm pretty sure it was 6th Avenue, but I like to say it was 7th <laughs> Avenue because 7th Avenue is Fashion Avenue in New York, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was walking along the street by myself after NYU. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, you like psychology, you like art slash fashion, and you like numbers. What is, what is, what can you do? Um, with your life, like what's yeah. going to be your next step? And I came up with the term fashion marketing as marketing combines numbers and psychology and fashion, you know, within the fashion industry, you, you have a, that's the creative space. Oh, wow. So I went back to my hostel, I Googled fashion marketing NYC and I stumbled upon the university slash the college that I ended up, uh, ended up studying at. Oh, wow. So do you view what you're doing as fashion marketing? Do you believe Similarly, as a Vogue magazine would be a marketing avenue for brands, you f- you feel that one Dapper Street is also a legitimate platform to to market a brand. Absolutely. Oh wow, that's incredible! I've never actually heard it heard it <laughs> heard it like that before, and I think that's something I can really relate to you as well. Is that I. I loved fashion going into it, but I think what drew me most into it was the fact that I realized that there was a gap in the market in South Africa where I knew that magazines would be dying. I knew sort of retail would be struggling and digital was the way to go. And I felt like my platform needed to be the go-to place for, for brands and the go-to place for consumers to interact, you know, with style and, and, and with fashion. So now you moved from Germany. Um, yeah. At what age did you move? Uh, I was 20. You were 20 and you moved to New York. You enrolled um, at uh, the fashion marketing school. Yeah. Now tell me, how do you move from that to becoming one Dapper Street? Okay. Let's talk us through that journey. Okay. So um, I like to go for anything I'm I'm doing 100%, 110%. So when I enrolled at FIT, that's the name of the school, uh, Fashion Institute of Technology, I um, wanted to make the most out of every possible experience I could get my fingers on. So in the beginning, it was very rough because the first year you're not allowed to intern. And I was just kind of like, you know, wasting my time. I didn't have much to do. The second year I interned, I had a part-time job. I was taking 21 credits, so like basically as much as I possibly could. And I was at my maximum. Then I had a little bit of a low. There was one semester where, I don't know, the third year you're allowed to not intern again. It's a whole, it's a whole political thing. I don't even know. But basically I had only 16 credits. So I had a lot of time. I didn't have a part-time job and I didn't have uh, any internships. So I found myself with a lot of time, time on my hands and I felt like I needed to do something with it. That was right around the time that I met my ex-girlfriend. She already had a blog and she, um, you know, she knew a lot about photography. She knew about lookbooks. She was actually the one who kind of introduced me to lookbook in terms of how to get big on it. So she yeah. taught me a lot. She taught me about my creative eye. Um, she, she was an architect, so she taught me a lot about design and, and angles. So she was my creative inspiration, my muse, if you will, right before I started my blog. At the same time, uh, one of my best friend's best friend was a blogger as well. I wasn't very close with him, but through my best friend, I heard a lot about what he was doing. He was a Gillette brand ambassador traveling all over Canada. He was working with shoe companies and tailored suiting companies and getting product for free and getting paid to do this. And, and I, I got intrigued. So I, I, I knew that you could make money with it. And through Lisa, I, I knew the name of my ex-girlfriend. Um, I knew I had access to the creative resources I needed to make it happen. So I set out, it was about two weeks prior to my actual, actual launch date. I set a date and I said, okay, by that date, I want to have my content ready. I'm going to have my website ready and I'm going to start blogging. 
So together with Lisa, we were shooting each other every day. So she had her own blog and I shot her for that on a daily basis. And she shot me for my blog on a daily basis. And we did that for two years straight. So two years went by without me missing a single day of putting up a blog post, including eight to 12 DSLR images and like two paragraphs yeah. of text. And at what point did you realize that this could be commercially viable for you? Because, I mean, right now you're a full-time blogger, right? Right. And you make a living, you travel all around the world. So right. at what point were you like, oh, I could make money from this? Again, I knew that I that in general it's possible before I even started. I wanted it okay. to be a brand marketing tool from the beginning. because I'm Not, not because I wanted to sell so it. So the business is something you're always conscious of when you were doing this? I'm not only conscious of, but passionate about. I enjoy the business aspect of what I'm doing very much. It's not, it's not for me about like, oh, I need to make this money. I, I thoroughly enjoy promoting brands that I think are putting out a great product. Because again, it, it ties back to if you're putting out a great product, you're allowing people to dress well, which allows people to feel great. So I don't know, yeah. for me, fashion is a way to, to make the, the world a happier place in, in, in a sense. So I knew that you could make money from the, from day zero, basically. But yeah. the first time for me personally, I, I kind of had a glimpse that that might turn into something was about nine months in. I think I was at about 20,000, 20,000, um, followers when I got my first big gig with Details Magazine yeah. made rest in peace. It folded late last year. Unfortunately, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Wait, but so you are on 20,000. You are now almost on 400,000, right? Or half three, a million, three, if I'm not. No, 360. 360. Three, yeah, 356. Wow. And I checked yesterday. This guy, guys, it's actually quite lit. So yesterday, I'm looking through my profile. I mean, I have 40,000 followers. So I'm going through my profile. I'm like, oh, I gained 200 followers today or whatever. He shows me on how many followers he gained in a week. 23,000. I couldn't believe it. Well, that's because I did a giveaway, though. That's, that's like, it's a 23,000 <laughs> followers in one week. That is crazy. It's crazy for me, too. Trust me. I just told you that, that I gained those over nine months. So, so, you know, to think that. It just took less than seven days to add that on. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And then let's talk about now deeper, now that people know a bit about your story. I want to open up a nice debate and a nice discussion. Um, I think as a South African, you know, I'm an influencer as well. I run a blog. And most of the time we look at to guys like you that work with brands, that travel around the world. And we look at how brands interact with us here at home. And we're always like, why can't, you know, Louis Vuitton in South Africa treat me like a one depper street, you know, why don't they want to pay us? They just want to give us gifts. And I want to today try connect the threads that are similar. Cause I mean, us, when we were talking yesterday and I was like, the biggest challenge for me, especially in South Africa is that people think we don't like fashion here with that. We don't consume fashion. So brands never want to pay. They always just want to give us product in exchange for a post. I want to know if you have similar struggles um, and how do you deal with those struggles? So when you work with the brand, you know, do you struggle to get paid by the brand or at this point in time, every single brand that you back pays you? Well, first of all, I don't think necessarily the, the, the reason for why brands aren't as willing to pay here in South Africa is not that they don't think that, you know, the African market is not there. I think it's more about brands just being slow and adapting to social media marketing altogether globally, yeah. aside from the fashion capitals like New York, London, Paris and Milan are kind of on the radar as well. I mean, it's not, I've been doing this for four years. I've had yeah. my struggles. The, the amount of conversations that I've had to, to try and explain why I should be getting paid to do this job is, is countless. 
because people didn't understand. You know, like yeah. anybody is willing to pay a photographer. You have 360,000 followers. What's there that's, not to understand? <laughs> no, but it's, it, it go, it's more than that. So it's yeah. the marketing aspect, yes. Yeah. But you're paying for a photographer. You're paying for a model. You're paying for a yeah. stylist. You're paying for hair and makeup if you want to. With girls yeah. more so than with me. You know, I don't wear so much makeup. Yeah. Um, you get so many, so many jobs in one and every single one you would pay, but just because it's they're one. all in one, yeah. you wouldn't want to pay. It's really weird. I think, I think just to, 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 to give audience a con, I think that's something actually brand managers that are listening. Um, what Marcel has highlighted here is that as a blogger, the same way you would pay an agency to do a photo shoot, um, to do marketing. It's the, a blogger does all that. A blogger is a stylist because exactly. you style yourself. You're a creative director because you direct where you want to shoot. You're a location exactly. scouter. You scout your own location. You're also a vlogger. You edit your own videos. You shoot your own videos. You, and, and, and after all that work, you still have your channels, which you post all this work to in order to reach the consumer and the audience. Exactly. And I don't know, you know, why brands don't necessarily get that. Well, it's, it's because, because of the way blogs started out, you know, when it, when it was blog, you know, web blog, when people started out talking about things they were passionate about, it was more about reviewing, you know, it was more yeah. about, it was more about, okay, this is a product for free and it was an authentic review of the product. Outcome positive or negative didn't really matter. It was, it was about that. So that's how blogging started out. And that's why that mindset is still there that, you know, you shouldn't pay them. But again, I view it a little bit differently. I, I think any exposure is, is good exposure, whether it's negative or no. If I'm talking about it to 300,000 people, it's not necessarily great. You know, it's not like you can buy me. Like I, I've, I've turned down jobs. If I don't like the product, I've turned down jobs before, but I, I would just like to, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really I, difficult I, to connect it in your head, honestly, because, yeah. because blogging as it is now is somewhere in between PR and marketing. It's really difficult. Yeah. While the old blogs were true PR. Yeah. And then magazines, you know, are, well, not magazines. I, I think what you're also trying to say is that the role of blogging has changed in a sense. Exactly. That oh, absolutely. What I've, what I've seen from you, what I've seen from Ami Song, what I've seen from Blake Scott, what I've seen from Steven Onja, what I've seen from, from Danny, you know, is that you guys have, at the at the time when blogging started, blogging was seen as another cool avenue for people to express themselves. Right. It wasn't seen as a marketing avenue. And I think looking at your growth in terms of the numbers you have pulled, in terms of the interest, in terms of the engagement rate, you guys are now rivaling magazines, if not surpassing them. Exactly. And I think that's now why blogging has become marketing. It's no longer PR where it's like, oh, let's just throw gifts and see it. But you guys are now a business because you speak to close to a million people across all your platforms, which right. is a huge amount of audience and that audience engages with you on a daily basis and for a magazine to in, to get that much in, engagement right now is close to impossible because people follow you because they can relate to what you put out they want to wear what you wear they want to hear your opinion whereas a magazine it's 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 a lot of people giving opinions it's not necessarily you know a marcel who i trust who i see and follow exactly. the growth the personal relationship you know, is very important audience consumers get to follow you on your journey and i think that's where the marketing is it's about how do brands see what you're doing and how can they connect to what you're doing yeah and i mean the the one of the fallacies is really to believe that magazines act completely differently like yes you have editorials but there's also paid ads in every magazine exactly and if you believe that there's not any single single relationship between who pays for ads and gets also featured in editorials then then you might be uh, you know willing willingly overlooking yeah, yeah willingly overlooking a few of the details so you know, going back to it, I, um, going back to your original question of how hard it is for me to now get paid by brands. 
I work with some brands for free, especially a lot of upcoming brands that I that I want to that I want to push. Why? Why? So how? Okay, this is such a good one. So I'm learning here as well. Yeah. I'm so excited. So when a brand approaches you, how do you know that this brand has to pay me, or this brand it's okay if they don't pay me? So when they don't pay you, why don't they pay you, and why are you okay with that? I mean, it really, it's a case by case. There's not really anything I can respond to that's going to be a general answer to that. Yeah. But you, you get a feeling. Like, obviously, I have a set of managers, I have an agency, and they overlook everything I do. So they, I loop them into so every So you have a management that manages your bookings and everything. Yeah, so yeah, you they never do. communicate with brands I communicate. No, no, I, I like to be a part of the, As I said, I, I'm very passionate about the business side of it. So I, I like to be involved in the communication, but my... My managers are always also involved. Yeah. So they will always try and, and push money, right? Because they get a cut from it. Like any agency, of course, they want to yeah. make money as much as, uh, as much as anybody does. But, uh, when they come, basically when they try and the brand says, sorry, we don't have any budget, like a lot of them are upcoming brands. And if I really like the product, I'll tell my management, Hey, listen, I know, uh, like, let me take this back over. If it's not paid, they don't have to worry about it. I'll try and execute it myself. So if a Nike comes to you and say, we don't have budget, you, I mean, know, you know it's a lot. Yeah, exactly. so, so you wait according to that. So you exactly. do research. It's a game. It's a game a yeah. little bit. Like, and you, yeah. get a feeling for, you get a feeling for it. Is somebody trying to play you or is somebody just genuinely, you know, um, genuinely at the, at the limit of their means and is trying to like make it happen? And, you know, I know, I know it's rough. Like I worked my ass off to get, to where I am now and I know that I was reaching my limits and if there wasn't other people that were helping me out if yeah. there wasn't other big Instagrams uh, big Instagram accounts at the time that had promoted me I wouldn't be where I am today like I would never I would never yeah. be the one to say I've gotten to where I am today just because of me I think everybody um, everybody relies on the help of others and, and on the um, goodwill of others and yeah. I like to give back the same thing because I mean in the end it makes me happy to help others anyway Yeah. so you know I if it's worth it, if it's a good and innovative product that I actually want people to know about, there's no money involved necessarily. Okay. When it's bigger brands, it's also, again, they're not necessarily paying for me to wear it. I, I would wear it regardless. Yeah. But what they're paying for is the photography, is the material that they're getting, it's you know. production to, to run this Exactly. So, so your, your rent is not going to want exposure exactly. at the end of the month. <laughs> and, and, yes. And, and the thing is, the thing is, I think that people think that you can buy, you know, buy my my fashion, like my fashion sense or like yeah. my, my, my authenticity, yeah. but that's not the case. You pay for the work that I put in, not for me to wear, yeah. you know, like to wear the clothes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not like you changed my mind with money. And I think that's a really, really big and important thing that, because a lot, I know unfortunately too many bloggers or want to be bloggers, you know, um, do that. You know, yeah. they sell out. And I've, I won't say that I've never done that before because you have to make mistakes and learn from them. I, yeah. It's happened to me before that I looked to the money over the, what I actually thought about the product. But I've learned from it and I won't make that mistake anymore, yeah. you know. I think also another another thing that I, I can relate with you on, especially in South Africa, because, you know, blogging for us is still a new and exciting thing. Everyone's excited about fashion. Everyone wants to post their outfit of the day on Instagram. <laughs> and within that, you get a lot of people that start blogging for the wrong reasons. And Wrong reasons. I mean, people can charm my head off for saying this, but the reasons of I want to be famous, yeah. I want to go to cool events, yeah. and in a sense, that spoils for the rest of us who want to do this as a business. Because right. when I I speak to a brand, I'm like, listen, you know, I'm charging fifty thousand rand for me to do an advertorial or review, whatever. Then they'll be like, yeah, but so and so said they could do it for free, 
And that's always the challenge I find locally in South Africa is that you, you step into brands, they feel that it's okay to just give gifts and not pay because there's a group, a large group of people who are willing to accept that because they want the free clothing, they want to be at these events. Yes. And then for us who treat this as a business and for us who want to grow this platform, we get there, we're like, listen, this is how we do things, this is what we charge. And they're like, well, why should I pay you when so-and-so is doing it for free? And I'm always like, but because the quality is different and because there's a whole business plan and strategy behind what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm not just being famous. And I yeah. think that's also the trick is that today anyone can get 10,000 followers on Instagram. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it, you, everyone can make beautiful pictures now. Right. So it's actually getting even tougher. It's true. But if honestly, if I can give you a piece of advice, just wait it out. It's really, it's quality will outlast lowballing, you know, lowballing competition that's trying to just, I don't know. I feel like honestly, it depends on how you view fashion. And I know yeah. that you view fashion as something more important than something simply superficial. Yeah. If you do that, it, everything you create has a different, has a different feeling. Everything you create has, has a different character because it has meaning. Yeah. It's not about the brand. It's not about the price tag. It's not about, it's about making people feel good through fashion. I think that that's what has longevity. Yeah. And I know it gets rough. I know it gets hard. And trust me, I've I've had many, many email responses that went, oh, why should we pay him this much if a guy has five times his following only charges a fifth? Yeah. And I think to myself, well, I'm feeling sorry for that guy because while this brand might not be paying that, I have yeah. a lot of brands that are paying me my fee. And it's also just, it's about the quality of following. You know, again, since day one, I focused my content on the clothes that I was wearing. It was not necessarily about me. Yes, I was wearing it and I was putting it together, but it was also always about the fashion. So now my, my following is largely male and it's very fashion focused. Yeah. So while you might have a guy that has a million followers, a lot of his followers might be young girls that are in love with him. You know what I mean? So it's a lot about, it's a lot about curating your, your, your audience. And that's something you can sell more easily. Yeah. Rather than just the total number. Not all brands will go for that. Not all brands are smart enough to, to question as much, to interrogate and to really get to the root of, of why people are, why other people are paying me my yeah. fee, you know? Wow. But it's just, it's, it's a lot of patience. Yeah. Cool guys. Um, just to remind you, you can, B, it's not just about myself and Marcel talking. Please do interact with us. Um, our WhatsApp number is 079-748-2090, um, if I'm not mistaken. There, here we go. Um, so please WhatsApp us, ask any questions. Um, I'm going to also be talking to Marcel more about his business. You know, does he want to grow one dapper into an empire? Does he want to become the next Ralph Lauren? And if so, um, how will he be taking those steps? And also just debating whether, you know, other bloggers have photographers and all these teams and Marcel is a one man show, uh, him yeah. and his girlfriend. Yeah. yeah and exactly. so I wanna, and he, and his brand is doing really well. So I also just wanna ask him about, you know, should bloggers invest in having a huge team or, you know, should you just keep it between you and another person? So I wanna, I wanna understand that. So we'll be back on the other side of this. Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Threaded Exchange with CMB. Live on Cliff Central. 
Cool. If you've just tuned in, um, this is Siabonga Beile live on the Threaded Exchange. I'm here today with a very special guest, um, Marcel Flores. Did I say it correctly? Yes. Oh, no, I don't have the, the, the German accent. That's okay. I don't, I don't, I don't have, have a German accent. Okay, I sound Russian now. Um, so we're talking everything about blogging. Um, Marcel is one of the world's top bloggers. Um, he has almost 400,000 followers on Instagram. He speaks to close to a million people across all his platforms. He has worked with brands like Louis Vuitton. He was in Cape Town the other day shooting for Hugo Boss. He's one of the new faces who's going to go up in stores. Hopefully we see him in South Africa. And he recently worked for the Dolce and Gabbana show at Milan Men's World Week as part of the DJ Millennial show. So this guy is a jet setter all around the world. Probably my one of my top two male bloggers in the world. Hey, between you and Adam, I actually. Know that. Hey, I am Gala and you are like yeah, the right. guys. And it was so crazy this weekend. Everyone was like, that's the thing. Like, how do you feel about it? Like, especially in South Africa where guys don't necessarily say they see you from Instagram or your website. They're like, oh, I remember you from Lookbook.edu. Yeah, you. Like, that's ridiculous. How, and more than one person. How crazy, it's, how does that make you feel? Amazing, honestly. You know, my, 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 very, my very beginnings were on Lookbook and it was, it was where I put all my, all my focus, all my energy, like, Almost more so than Instagram because Lookbook is where where the other Instagram accounts, big Instagram accounts, pulled my looks from and then posted them on Instagram. So oh, wow. it was my main platform, and I was on it. It was actually my first my first real blogging experience before I even knew what blogging was because I was following people like Adam, I was following Mike Q and like all these guys on Lookbook, and I didn't know that you can make money. Like they were basically they first exposed me to blogging. I had I had no idea what it was. Yeah. Until I finally managed to find my way into the industry and like uh got my hype hey yeah <laughs> um but that was that was so long ago that was that stopped about three and a, two and a, three and a half years ago two and a half years ago and it was awesome to have people come up and be like hey i know you from lookbook yeah um it, it's just it's just cool it just it it made me feel very nostalgic did you, did you ever think south africans would know who you are or take an, like or follow your journey do you, no. have you ever imagined i mean I've, I've i've thought about it and then i looked into my analytics and uh, i saw that about one percent of my following maybe is from south africa so i you know very small or if it, i don't remember it even necessarily showing up so i knew for a fact that i don't have a big following here but um you know i mean obviously i, I met you and you introduced it like that that people would know me in your circle makes a lot more sense because you're you know you're the menswear guy and it makes sense here but i just didn't expect it at all yeah (laughs) but it was incredible i think um last night a friend of mine mikhail was just saying oh my god i can't believe i'm actually meeting you because i've been following this guy on lookbook for the longest time yeah and one of also our good friends the great dutch who's also an influence like oh my god like this is like I remember a lot yesterday, he was just like, "How is it possible that this guy is sitting in front of me?" <laughs> and 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 that's another thing about blogging. Did you think that having all these followers online would make you famous? Because whether you like to admit it or not, you are actually famous, and people do know who you are. Right. And does that always catch you off balance, or does it shock you? How does that make you feel? Um, I'm surprised by it at times. Yes, I am. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, I honestly, I enjoy it. I don't mean for this to sound cocky or anything, yeah. but I don't know if you're into, into, um, what do you call it? Uh, the, not horoscope, like the, the sign, your sign, zodiac uh, sign. Zodiac sign. Yeah, I'm a Leo. And you know, Leos like to be in the spotlight. They yeah, like to be the I'm center a of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have no, I don't know anything about you. <laughs> I'm just, complicated. That's what you uh, Okay. Know. <laughs> all right. I get that. I can see that. Yeah. Um, no, so I honestly, I, I, lo- I love to be, I love to be in the spotlight because, um, not, not because I love being famous, but because I love having, having the influence and having, yeah. having, being able to have an impact on people's lives because I would like to think that I make the most of it and try and better their lives, you know, make them smile, make them laugh, make them be more positive. That's my, my 
tagline for One Dapper Street since the first day has been share your passion. Because I'm blogging because I was sharing my passion and I wanted to inspire other people to do the same because in my opinion that's the way to true happiness. If you if you find your passion and you bring it to the world, if you're yeah. able to share it. So that's that you know, it's a I think fame for the sake of fame is not great. But fame or you know, fame for the sake of influence, for the sake of reaching people and trying to, to yeah. make the best of it, trying to change the world for the better is a is a reasonable reasonable goal. Yeah. You know? And that and that is incredible. I think um I won't lie, I'm 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 still battling with the fame thing. Um, yeah. especially in South Africa. I saw you yesterday. Um you I, Yeah, because the thing is so when and the people think I'm probably like a dick. But I'm not. I really enjoy people. But sometimes it's like it's a thing of you know, we put out these pictures online of our outfits and everything, and people paint a picture of who we are in their minds, how right. we speak, how we carry ourselves. And so when someone meets you in public, they already have an idea of who you are. And when you start speaking, I'm always afraid of like disappointing them because they have this picture. So I'm always nervous. I'm always like, am I dressed well today? And also I have bad days like any yeah. other human. So sometimes I'm like not really dressed well. So I'm yeah. just like, I'm not dressed well today. But and so then, is everybody. And I meet someone, I'm like, oh, I'm disappointing you. So I'm still trying to own up to the space and you know um, I'm at the 40,000 follower mark now yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm still trying to adapt to the space and you know I think it's something I'm very conscious of is that I don't want to be famous just because I am who I am or because of my good looks um, not that I'm saying I have good looks but I'm saying <laughs> um, is that I want to be famous or be well known for changing people's lives for enriching right. their lives especially through fashion and I think most of the time fashion is seen as this frivolous glamour thing and I think I, li- I like to say all the time that you know fashion has a magic of giving us confidence when yeah. you're going for that job interview, you yeah. know, or when you're meeting your favorite girl, your crush. Um, wish you met my crush this weekend. Sorry, <laughs> um, I got nervous. That I hit the mic. You see my crush this weekend. <laughs> Shout out to Lola. Um, <laughs> so, so you always want to put your best foot forward, and that's the magic of fashion. It's about forming an identity of who you are and putting your best foot forward. And we were we were having a debate last night about putting on a suit. You know, I always say, as you've said as well, is that. Our suit, the the kind of wars that we fight today, and the kind of struggles as men that we fight today, a suit is like our modern day armor. It's it's yeah. what we wear to go to our daily wars. Yeah. And you know when I when I wear a suit and I step into a boardroom, I'm like, no one's gonna tell me shit today. That's true. No, <laughs> like it's this true. morning, uh, yeah. So this morning I had a, a big presentation um, at a big brand, and I wore my suit. And I was like, yeah, you, know, you look fantastic it. today, man. And I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna kill it. Yeah. You know, and that's the confidence that a suit gives me. And people treat you differently when you wear a suit as well. Yeah, but the thing is, it's Approximately 50-50, people treat you differently because of the suit, but also people treat you differently because of how the suit makes you feel. So they ah. treat you differently because of you. Because yeah. you walk in there and you feel confident as shit. So everybody's going to feel you. And then yeah. they're seeing the suit on top of that. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like... It, it's, and also think about it. Also like, And also another thing, guys, as, as a word of advice... Women love men in suits. You can <laughs> that is never, the truest thing. You can never so go far. wrong. You could be the guy with the most tattoos. You could be the guy with the longest dirty hair. Literally, the moment you put on a suit, you tie your head back and you be like, Molo Sisi, she's gone. She's yours. Or you say, hey, she's gone. So I'm telling you now, if you want to go on a date, wear a suit. Like It sends the biggest statement. I agree. Um, so diving more into, into one dapper street, you know, I see quite a... I see two contrasting trends that are happening in blogging internationally is that 
Um, on the other end, you've got your Kiara Faragni, mm-hmm. um, who has a team of like a gazillion people. I don't right. even lost count. And they've become an right. agency. They consult for brands. They have a clothing line and everything. And then I look at guys like, you know, um, I am Gala, Adam. I look at you. I look at Ami Song, where your team is pretty tight. Yeah. But you also run quite big brands. Right. You know, was that a strategic thing for you not to hire a whole entire huge team and keep it small? Well, or has it just happened by coincidence that you, you know, you didn't invest in having a big team or a big office or, it, you know? it more so hasn't happened by coincidence. You know, like it just hasn't happened. Like yeah. I feel like, I feel like, uh, building a team doesn't, doesn't just happen. You need to set out to do it. Yeah. And to set out to do it, you need to have motivation. You need to have a reason to do it. And personally, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll get into that in a second, but I, I, I started a, a shoe brand and I'm doing videos and stuff. Like I could be hiring a video editor, you know, yeah. I could, I could hire somebody who manages a shoe brand, but like, I like to be involved in all things. I like to stay busy. I am a workaholic. I enjoy work. And that's yeah. the other thing about following your passion. If you do what you're passionate about, you, you know, you, yeah. you won't work for a single day in your life, as they say. So. It's a choice. Not, I, I've tried working with other people. You know, I've I've hired assistants, and it's just kind of I have a really hard time delegating. Is it um, because you're German? Because I, I find that know. German people are very yeah. like, uh, yeah, things need to be specific yeah. at this time. Yeah. So do you yeah, think you're of. like a difficult person to work with? <laughs> um, I I mean I don't think I'm a difficult person to work with because I'm actually I'm actually um I'm a very nice guy even in my work relationships, but yeah. I think I'm very hard to please. I think I'm very hard, I'm very hard, you know, it's very hard to get it right so that I have nothing to say about it, you know? And I think that's been an issue a little bit in the past, but I do work with other photographers on a regular basis. A lot of them are my friends. Um, I pay them because I like to, you know, I like to share the wealth, so so to speak. You know, if I'm getting paid for a collaboration, I think my friend who's doing the work should be paid as well. Um, when I work with my girlfriend, obviously there's no money involved because I shoot her, she shoots me and it's kind of like a give and take. Yeah. But, um... I do work with uh, a good amount of people, and um, we also have a licensor team for our shoe uh, for our shoe company. So there's another team involved that's working there. So there is people, but none of them are working directly for me. It's yeah. more like a, a more like a, it's based on contracts and and like freelance. Yeah, kind of. And diving into you know about your business, I mean, as you said, you have a lot of interest, and one of that is shoemaking. Um, yes. tell, tell me more about that. And I mean, as a blogger, I mean, I'm also heading down that route where I want to launch my own brand and everyone's asking me, will I be starting a brand? You know, what is the idea? And sometimes I feel a bit, mm, is it the right time? Is it not the right time? Do I have enough followers to drive sales? So what was it that made you think, Oh my gosh, um, me and Ankari can start this shoe brand and we can just sell it directly? Cause the moment you, you start producing product, you now start competing with some of your clients now. Yes. So yes, how yes, do yes. you, find that fine line or how do you do that crossover swiftly without ruining your paycheck okay so let me give you a quick background on the on the shoe company and the 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 brand story really so my one of my best friends moti ankari he's a blogger as well and uh, him and i kind of developed the idea it was his creative idea and then we kind of developed it together to create seven pairs of shoes for seven days of the week the issue that we both found with the industry is that everybody like a lot of brands have two, three amazing pairs, and then they have approximately 50 more to please the mass market. But there's not a single brand that drilled it down to just beautiful pairs of shoes, nothing more, nothing less. So we, yeah. that's what we wanted to create. So it was more about a curation rather than creating something new. So we went for seven classic styles that we believed every every man should have in his closet, going from Monday with a with a um, broke wingtip, you know, very formal, towards the end of the week where you have a, on a Saturday, we have a sneaker, on a Sunday, we have a combat boot, like... 
we kind of told a story of a man throughout his week and every day. So basically, you need those seven shoes, nothing more, nothing less. With that said, it also eliminated the uh, some of the difficulties we were facing with working with our uh, with other brands because brands usually have a fashion collection, um, you know, like yeah. a seasonal fashion collection. So we didn't see much much of an issue, much of a conflict if we were working with other brands, as long as we stayed away from their classic styles, because we have our own classics, yeah. and then we kept working with other brands, uh, you know, for, for so no brands more unique have styles. emailed you and said, "Hey, I see you have a shoe brand. You're competing with us. Oh, they've been supportive to mm. your growth." Yes, actually, some some have been very supportive, which has been wonderful. You know, like it, it was always a little bit of a weird feeling. You know, I was in 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 Italy with Todd's shooting a video for them in their factory, and you know, I I told yeah. them, you know, I'm creating own shoe line. They're like, "Oh my god, that's so exciting! Congratulations!" So it's really, yeah. really nice to see that. I think you know, um, I mean, for one, we're not. Uh, Todd's price point, we're we're at about two hundred fifty to three hundred dollars, so we're significantly lower. But it's also just. You know, it's a big market, and I think a lot of these brands are very confident in the market share that they do have. Um, I don't know; it's it's not been as negative as as it's been awkward sometimes. Yeah, because you know we were on <laughs> we were on a we, him and I both were on a footwear shoot the day after we launched our we launched our collection. Oh wow! Um, it was it was a little bit awkward. You know that you could you could feel the tension in the air, but it was not it was not bad by any means, and the and the brand relationship since has also relaxed. So it's uh, it's yeah. been surprisingly easy. Yeah. Um, jumping into also, you know, the brands, you work with a number of brands, yeah. you know, you work with a lot of brands. Yeah. I mean, the list is endless. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm always going to draw it back to South Africa with what I okay. face because it's, it's nice to get that input from you. Yeah. Um, in South Africa, you know, we don't have a lot of brands. We don't have a gazillion brands, right. but we do have a handful amount of brands. And most of the time brands in South Africa want a lot of the bloggers here to commit to that brand without paying them an endorsement oh. fee. So a brand will be like, uh, I'm not going to mention names because I did lost yeah. when I got into trouble. <laughs> but, you know, Cliff Central and Co., we will say to you, well, listen, we're going to give you cool product. We're going to give you this. And you can't wear any other brand. But right. we're not paying you. But we want yeah, you to be yeah, yeah. And like, has that ever happened to you? And, you know, and, and, and secondly, a lot of the brands, because we work, like, especially me, I work with a number of brands, whether I'm consulting, whether I'm this, and brands will be say, I'm a brand whore. And then I'll be like, but as a human being, as a consumer, I don't wear one brand. It's yeah, impossible. Exactly. I love yeah. lots of brands. Yeah. I love different stuff. I like to shop at Woolworths. I want to shop at Edgar's. Yes. I want to shop at Hugo Boss. I want to shop at Louis Vuitton. I like brand. I'm a human being. And yeah. they don't understand that consumers, also wear various brands. So if Marcel's only wearing Louis Vuitton every single day for a year, that doesn't make sense yes, because exactly. it's impossible to do that. Yeah. So have do you face those troubles that side? And what what is your input to brands saying that bloggers work with too many brands? Okay, so to tackle the first question, I've never, I don't think I've ever faced this situation where somebody asked me for exclusivity without offering any money. I don't yeah. think that that happened, at least not for just fashion. You know, maybe for a watch company or something. Exclusivity, I, I have to agree with you. It's, it's, um, I understand it from a business aspect and I do it when it's a, a very limited amount of, like a, a, a small time range. I don't like to do an exclusivity over a year because that's not who I am. Um, even before I was blogging, I was wearing, you know, I had growing up as a 13 year old kid, I had 40, 50 pairs of shoes, like more than most girls in my class. I like variety. I like changing it up and it doesn't make sense for me to be exclusive. Um, every now and then I do have exclusive contracts, but they wouldn't, usually exceed three months yeah and to that point i i don't i would never consider myself a brand whore it's not because i and again you can't 
buy any of that. I feel like you're a brand whore if you just wear different brands because you're being bought. That's kind of the definition yes, of the second yes. part of the word. Yeah. I, I would have lived like that to begin with. You know, yeah. I would have, I would have worn, I, I would have maybe invested in a pair of $600 sneakers. Yeah. And then my allowance was gone. So, so I would, I would, I would wear the rest of the outfit would be H&M and Zara and Topman. Yeah. And then, and that's okay. But you know. Yeah. You see, that's what's so crazy for me is that like, in South Africa, it's something that we face on a daily basis with brands where brands just want us to commit to them and not want to pay. And I just don't get it. Why? I'm just like, you know, you don't ask a magazine to be exclusive to you. You don't ask Vogue yeah. magazine to just do Nike. So a, a blogger is also a marketing medium that has to be not only transparent, but also has to be driven by the person's opinion, whereas the person's opinion is about, I wear various brands as CIB, I like to wear Edgars, I like to wear everything, right. but I just don't understand where they're getting that notion or idea from, because you can't ask Cristiano Ronaldo to be a Nike sports player and only wear Nike but not pay him. It doesn't make sense. Right. I think you have to take into uh, take into consideration the fact that this is a very young industry, yeah. and there's always going to be people trying to make the most of it, trying to play whoever they can. Um, you know, the naive Sorry, naive. It's kind of a negative connotation, but like the the beginners that don't know what they're doing yet, and that yeah. that are um, head over heels when they get an opportunity like that. And I think there's still people and brands out there that kind of they know they should be paying, but they also know that there's people out there that they can trick, trick. I'm yeah. air quoting here, trick into into a contract like that. And I think uh, you know, I think it's just people trying to be businessy yeah. in a negative way. Wow. I, I mean, I don't know. That's life-changing insight for me. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly don't know. I'm going to be completely honest. This is the first yeah. time this thought has occurred to me. I've yeah. talked about this a lot. It just popped into my head. But yeah. I think that could be a, a it could be a valid explanation yeah. because I don't think people are stupid. Like, yeah. if you're in business and you're quite like, I don't think people are stupid. As you said, nobody would go up to Cristiano Ronaldo or Vogue or GQ and ask for exclusivity <laughs> without paying. Like, they, they, I think they realize that there's value involved. So, um, yeah, um, I, I think yeah, South Africans, you've heard it from an international blogger. Um, it's not just me that says pay me for exclusivity. He's also preaching what I'm preaching. So most of the time I share these opinions and people think I'm drastic or I'm crazy. So I'm happy that you're here so that they <laughs> hear, back you up. Um, hear from you firsthand. Let's talk about something more exciting. Let's okay. talk about women Aha, and, yes, and, 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 and dating. Um, you travel a lot. Yes. Um, you're always around the world. Yes. You always have a beautiful girlfriend somehow, somewhere, <laughs> at some point. You're making um, it sound like you have all these girlfriends. I had two no, girlfriends uh, since I started vlogging, <laughs> too. But I remember, like, both your girlfriends are beautiful or yes. both look incredibly stunning. They both look like models. Um, your ex and your current girlfriend. Do you date bloggers purposely? Do you have a thing for beautiful girls <laughs> that look like models who are bloggers? Or, you know, I mean, I would say I'd have a, have a thing for beautiful girls, yes, but I think I share that with the majority of men on this planet. Um, no, it, uh, it really just so happened. I think, uh, to get a little bit spiritual, I think you attract the kind of people that, that, you know, share your points of view and that share what excites you, much like anybody else. Like, you know, look at, look at the regular people that work nine to fives. You know, they, they start dating in, within the office because you have things to talk about. You have common, yeah. like people you know in common and you, you, you just, there's things to connect. It's really hard to date a girl that's not actually um, in the creative space and or a freelancer, because I travel so much. And if it, if you know if if my girlfriend were to be bound to one place, it, it gets really difficult. My girlfriend right now is actually doing an acting pro program in LA for three months, and it's hard. I'm in South Africa for three weeks, and I would love to for her to have joined me. It would have been a possibility, but 
it wasn't because of uh, because of that. So it gets really difficult. And that, on, in the long run, this is just a three month period. If we were talking, you know, this is just her job, and there's no end in sight. I don't think I could. I don't think I yeah. could maintain that. But I mean, being in your position, I'm sure there's a lot of beautiful women that you meet on your travels around the world at like Fashion Week, Dolce and Gabbana Fashion Show. There's beautiful models everywhere. I mean, don't you get tempted? And please be honest, don't you sometimes be like, uh, I wish I could, uh, uh. I mean, yes and no. Um, to be honest, I, I appreciate just beauty. I'm okay, like, just looking at beautiful girls. I, I love that. You know, it's, I'm, in my head, yes, I'm like, oh my god, you know, if you were single, you could do this and that. But at the same time, I know myself, and as I said before, I'm an insecure yeah. guy, so I know that if I was single, I wouldn't go for it, yeah. unless it would, have unless you, it would happen have you somehow. Have you used your social media power to get a girl? So have uh, you ever received a DM from a girl and be like, oh, she's great, let's meet up, let's hook up? I've, have you ever used Tinder to pick up women? Like, I've okay, th- you know, uh, you know Raya. <laughs> have you heard of Raya? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so I've I've used Raya before, which kind of is, uh, you know, you use your Instagram to even be part of that. Yeah, and then you use that. So I've met a few girls through through Raya in the in the nine month period or so that I was single in between my girlfriends. Yeah. Um, not so. I don't know. I, I I feel like sometimes it's a little shameless. You know, I know a lot of guys and models that have very big followings that just slide into DMs and be like, "Hey, girl, what's up?" You know, yeah. I'm famous. I mean, I've done it. Hang out. Yeah, I'm not. But I'm the, stopping now. But I mean, I have DM'd some girls. Be like, mm, I like her. Hey. I, I, yes, I mean, we've all done it. I'm just saying. I feel like on a on a regular basis, it gets. I don't know. It's just. It's just messy. It's kind of messy. It's, it's kind of lame. Like it's like. The, the new, new age equivalent of walking up to a girl in the bar and be like, Hey, I have my Lambo outside. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, yeah, yeah. it's like, it's hey, showing 40,000 followers. It's, exactly. It's like, profile. it's showing off and I don't, I'm, I've never been a show off and like, I, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't like using it. I, I have used it. I've tried it before. It, sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's an interesting be, change. Before we close off, um, I'd like to ask, you know, where do you think blogging is going? You know, a lot of people will say blogging is dying. Um, I've seen people say, you know, bloggers are going to fade away. But when I think about it, I think bloggers are going to keep readapting, you know, with right. Snapchat, with Insta stories. I think bloggers like you as yourself who are innovative keep on readapting to what's happening. So where do you think blogging is going if you, if you look at the market? Um, I don't necessarily have an opinion on where it's going. I'm just preparing for either outcome. I think, uh, I could see it disappearing in a certain way like blogs themselves are actually not nearly as important anymore as social media is um but i could also see blogging you know like the audience grows up with you so who's to say that in 10 years i won't be a daddy blogger yeah. um showing, showing people how to stay stylish but also feeding a baby and while changing diapers you know what i mean like i think i, I can see it evolving personally i'm also looking into um youtube right now because youtube has been a very stable platform and i Back to the point of me wanting to influence people's lives, I think you have more of a relationship and more of an impact on people through video because they really get to know you and you get to express so much more than in just a photo. Yeah. So I think I think everybody everybody's going to keep evolving and you know it's fashion for one, and it's social media and digital media second, and both industries are always changing constantly. Yeah. Um, so I think there's not there's a lot of room for change and there's so many outcomes. I think I think we just need to be. Ready and stay, stay, try and stay one step ahead and try and be prepared for whatever comes in the future. But in the end, I think the, the skill sets that, that you, you and I developed through social media aren't gonna, aren't gonna fade away. You know, there's wow. always gonna be 
I don't know. I just, I just like to be, I like to live in the insecurity. Yeah. I, I can't make a five year plan because the industry is just barely five years old now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you can't. And it changes on a daily basis. And, exactly. you know, if you, if you stuck to a plan, you, you find it harder to readapt to what's happening. And I think that's why a lot of magazines have struggled because they had this set plan and then social media came and switched everything. And only now they're starting to catch up and, 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 and start moving with the times, even brands. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, they never expected it. But Marcel, thank you so much for joining us. I think, you know, this was a very impromptu, um, interview but um, I enjoyed your insight um, I enjoyed the, the the views that you've shared and I think a lot of young South Africans will, will take that into heart and a lot of them are inspired by your work um, I've been receiving tweets uh, messages of people saying I love your work oh my god he's really in the store so I'm really really excited um, about your future and I can't wait for us to do some work together and connect the American and South African market in terms of fashion I think there's a lot to be discovered in South Africa when it comes to fashion and inspiration behind fashion so I'm really excited Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here at Glyph Central. Thank it was you. awesome talking to you. Um, in closing, um, I always have, I always have, oh wait, there's a question. Hi, Siabong and Masal. I'm a poet who's about to start sharing poetry with others via Instagram because when I recite my art with friends, really relate. So I want to share with a larger audience who can relate to the emotion and death. Would you say that your social media has brought more good, has hurt your art in some ways? Do you think social media has hurt your art in, your art in some ways? Um, in some ways, yes. In some ways, I, I, there's, it's mostly because I like to express myself in, in various artistic ways. Like, I have a, I have a high appreciation for minimalism and, and structure and lines, but that's something that's very different, like something very, very architectural that's very different from what content works for me. So I, I haven't given up on the art, but in the end, your following is kind of going to dictate where you're going to go. Um, it's kind of, you know, it is, if you treat it as a brand, you have to listen to your market and you have to listen to your customer. The customer is the most important thing. So again, you're, you're an artist here. And I think as an artist, you have to really be careful not to commercialize your business. For me, I think commerce is the art that, that I practice for the, for the biggest part. But I think, um, as a poet, you know, just put your stuff out there and, and be creative and be you. I don't think anybody's gonna, anybody's gonna change your art if you choose to stay true to it. I could have chosen to, to keep doing the minimalist stuff and, and keep that style up but I didn't want to uh, for me it was not yeah. the right and thing. also as a person you grow you know you grow your taste palette changes exactly you know, your mood you changes. You I know for a fact that like I go through phases where I feel like being minimalist and wearing black and white but then there's days or times of period where I'm inspired by a certain movement and I like to reflect that through my style so I think don't limit yourself to to what you can do and I think it, it's, a, it's a fine balance balance your art very well and take care of your art but also at the same time make it viable for the market that you speak to and I think that's the balance you want to strike and that's something I think you've done really well where your style has always remained just it's evolved very well but just because now you work with brands it hasn't changed your style dr dramatically you still brands yeah, have because to I work with the brands that I used to shop you know exactly. what I mean? <laughs> and you work with brands that fit your style right. so I think that's something very important um, when considering that uh, thank you so much for for tuning in um, I'm Sia Wonga Bele this is the Threaded Exchange and if I have to leave you with these words for this week is search inside yourself and find your true passion and follow it no matter what don't care about the risks just do it um, thank you so much for tuning in this is the Threaded Exchange Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for.
Traded Exchange with Sia Live on Cliff Central. Cliffcentral.com